Is the New South Wales government putting landlords before lives? Let's have a look. Good evening, everyone. Florian Heiser here, and welcome to another episode of Heiser Says. I'm here with my evening Stein, and I thought we'd look at an interesting article. Now, this is uh, from the Daily Telegraph. Better Regulation Minister Kevin Anderson missing from flammable cladding task force. And this was released a few days ago. But it's quite interesting because, because there was a leak. There was a leak. And here on my website on says.heiser.com.au, I have mapped a lot of the buildings in Sydney that have flammable cladding issues or have been investigated for it. And you, can, you know, there's different buildings, there are any known issues, if FSO has, uh, fire safety order has been issued. I mean, a lot of them are fine. A lot of them have issues. A lot of them are still waiting for their risk assessment. Now, this information wasn't meant to be publicly available. It's similar to what happened in Darwin. Similar to what happened in Darwin, where the government was aware of safety and structural issues in a lot of buildings, and the information wasn't released. So people were making purchasing decisions, and people may be living in buildings that have some elements of risk, which they're not aware of but other parties are. And the question I put to you is, do you feel like that information disparity, that the state has information, won't give it to us, to the people, do you think that's right and just? Or is it done to ensure that, you know, people who are renting these properties aren't concerned or aren't demanding rectification immediately or aren't leaving or that there isn't a price decline? Is this putting landlords before lives. Let me know what you think in the comments. Now, a viewer, pub test, you'll know him from the comments. He has a group or a web page and a activist group that he's starting called Office for Men. And as part of that, he's looking at a lot of issues with regards to men, education. And for me, he put an information request in to New South Wales Fire and Rescue or Fire and Rescue New South Wales to get the list of these buildings to request it because the task force provided the information to this department. It's all going back and forth. Originally, he tells me, he rang up and the guy was frankly rude to him. So he thought he would ruin that guy's day by putting in a freedom of information request. Give, make some work for him. I think it cost him 30 bucks. He was happy to do it because the guy pissed him off. So that's a valuable lesson for all uh, public servants. He got, he got two extension letters here, and I've read through this previously. Um, on the 12th, 18th of July, 2019, I received your access application under the Government Public Access Act 2009, the GIPA Act. So they asked for a, a recommendation because it, it pretty much involves work of other departments. There's a lot of crossover there. And I think it was two extensions he got. And he finally received a rejection letter. And I thought it would be worth going through the rejection letter here before we read the article, because it'll, you know, it'll frame it. So one, summary of access application. On the 18th of July, 2019, Fire and Rescue New South Wales received your access application under the Government Information Public Access Act 2009, in which you sought access to the following information. With regards to information on external combustible cladding, one, List of building addresses which are known or suspected 
to be built with external combustible cladding, including associated severity risk, audit rating, and other data generated by the cladding task force and FRN by Rescue New South Wales. Okay, he wanted the, to request the lists and information, the addresses. Copy of audit and risk assessment methodology documentation, including field audit guides. So wanting to see what the actual audit involved, what it involved, because we've seen, you know, with a lot of the defects inspections or the dilapidation inspections, there's certain things they can miss. So, and correspondence between FR and SW and the cladding ta task force regarding the audit status and timelines. So there you go. That was what requested. Seems quite reasonable, doesn't it? So the process, processing of the application. Under the GIPA Act, agencies must conduct reasonable searches for government information requests in an accessible application. In certain circumstances, they must also consult third per, a third person, or also consult called, also consult third parties or third persons to see whether they object to the information sought being released. Two point one searches conducted. A search of FRNSW's records have been undertaken in order to identify all government information falling within the scope of your application. These searches resulted in the identification of information held by Fire and Rescue New South Wales that falls within the scope of your application. Well, okay, that's copy and paste boilerplate. And it's good to see this has been unclassified. I mean, he already knew that they had the information, that's why he approached them. So 2.2 consultation. The government information to which you seek access includes information requiring consultation under S.5 or A of the GIPA Act. GIPA or GIPA? This consultation was with another agency to determine if there was an overriding public interest against disclosure of the information. The Department of Customer Services was consulted in regards to the release of information held by FR, Fire and Rescue New South Wales, in relation to this matter, as the relevant documents contained information about that agency's business. The Department of Customer Service objected to the release of the documentation. They objected, so they refused to the release of the information. So, decision. I'm unauthorized by the principal officer for the purposes of section 9.3 of the GIPA Act to decide your access application. Under section 9.1 of the GIPA Act, you have a legally enforceable right to be provided with access to the information you asked for unless there is an overriding public interest against its disclosure. Generally under sections 12.1 of the GIPA Act, there is a public interest in favor of disclosing public information. Yes, there is. To decide whether there is an overriding public interest against disclosure of the information you asked for, I applied the public interest test, which is set out in section 13 of the GIPA Act. I did this by a identifying any public interest considerations in favor of disclosure. What would they be? Has he listed them out? B, identifying any relevant public interest considerations against disclosure and deciding on balance whether these consideration, whether those considerations in point B outweigh the public interest considerations in favor of disclosure. Hmm. Should our civil servants have this amount of authority when this could be a life safety issue? 
I've decided under Section 51D of the GIP Act to refuse to provide access to the information because there is an overriding public interest against disclosure of the information. Schedule 1 of the GIPAA Act outlines the information for which there is a conclusive presumption of overriding public interest against disclosure. The information that you've requested access to falls in a category listed in Schedule 1 of the GIPAA Act. Therefore, FRN, Stop Fire and Rescue New South Wales, cannot release it. So, reasons for the decision. Under Section 61 of the GIPAA Act, and I will just search it here. All right, well, let's have a look at it. GIPA Act. What was it? Schedule 1. Okay. So here we go. Government information. Um, Schedule 1. Overriding secrecy laws. It is uh, conclusively presumed that there is an overriding public interest against disclosure of information and disclosure of which is prohibited by any of the following laws which are referred to in this act as overriding secure, uh, secrecy laws. So the Assisted Reproduction Technology Act, the Bail Act, the Biofuels Act, Child Protection, Crimes, 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 Dust, Diseases, Tribunal Act, Education Act, Electoral Act, Gaming and Liquor, what the? Can they release anything? Jury Act or Enforcement Act, Parliamentary Budget Act, Police Act. Okay, wow. Okay, well, there you go. There you go. So which one would it fall under? The Public Interest Disclosure Act? Police Regulation Act? Which section? There's a whole lot of stuff in here. Nah, well, that didn't help me. <laughs> Let me know if you think, if you uh, know what it could be. So reason for the decision. Under Section 61 of the GIPA Act, when an agency refuses to provide access to public information under Section 581D, we must provide the reason for that decision, material support for the, and sources of information that support these findings, and the general nature and format of the records containing information. Under Schedule 1, Section 2 of the GIPAA Act, there is an overriding public interest against disclosure of information that may be determined cabinet information. In this case, the documentation located within Fire and Rescue New South Wales that meets your request has been prepared by Fire and Rescue New South Wales for the purposes of being considered by Cabinet through the Cladding Task Force. Accordingly, the release has been refused under Section One, um, Schedule 1, Section 2.1 as follows. Okay, a document prepared for the dominant purposes of it being submitted to Cabinet for Cabinet's consideration, whether or not the document is actually submitted to Cabinet. Why? Why? Can someone explain to me why the public shouldn't be aware of what's submitted to cabinet? You know, shouldn't, shouldn't we be aware of that? A document prepared for the purpose, or if they consider it classified, I guess. A document prepared for the purpose of it being submitted to cabinet, for cabinet's approval, for the document to be used, for the dominant purpose for which it was prepared, whether or not the document is actually being submitted to cabinet, and whether or not the approval is actually given. B, a document prepared after cabinet deliberation or decision on a matter that would reveal or trend to reveal information concerning any of those deliberations or decisions. The documentation located contains survey results of fire and rescue New South Wales inspections of buildings suspected of having external combustible cladding, including street addressments, 
assignment guidelines and correspondence incorporating these documents for the purpose of submission to Cabinet. The purpose for which the documents were prepared, that is for Cabinet through the Cladding Task Force, has been confirmed by Fire and Rescue New South Wales representatives on the Cladding Task Force. So, review rights. If you disagree with any of the decisions in this notice that are reviewable, you may seek a review under Part 5 of the Gipper Act. You have three review options. Internal review by another officer of this agency, who is no less senior than me. External review by the Information Commissioner, or external review by the New South Wales Civil and Administrative Tribunal. To assist you, I've included a fact sheet published by the Information and Privacy Commission, New South Wales, entitling your rights to review under the Keeper Act. And then further information, and the Senior Project Officer, Regulatory Affairs, Governance and Legal, what a long title, Tanya Rubin. So, what do you think? They're not giving the information out because it's going to Cabinet. Now, if, if it happens to be a life safety issue, and this, you know, Queensland, or Fire and Rescue New South Wales have access to that information and haven't made it publicly aware, who would be liable? Would that be considered negligent on behalf of the state? Would the state then be liable for the costs associated with rectification or loss of life? What do you think? Oh, we all know the answer, you know, that get out of, get out of jail free card. But yeah, it's concerning. Have they informed? Here's one I might actually put a request in. If they have informed the occupants of the buildings that have been inspected of the results of their investigation, have audits been given to the occupants? Have audits been given to the occupants? Because I've spoken to a gentleman where you know, issues are identified and the occupants don't quite know about it, but the owner does or the body corporate does, and that's kind of different. They may not let people who are leasing know. So let's have a look at this article. So we've been rejected in requests for this information, and I'll zoom here. And apologies, this has uh, been captured on a mobile phone. So better regulation minister Kevin Anderson missing from flammable cladding task force meetings. So the minister in charge of the state government's response to the building industry crisis has not been to a single meeting of the task force set up to tackle the problem, even though it meets every three weeks. The New South Wales Minister for Better Regulation, Kevin Anderson, was accused of being asleep at the wheel by Labour MP Daniel McKay after he confirmed his absenteeism at a fiery meeting of the Budget Estimates Committee yesterday. The committee heard the task force had met more than 50 times, but the minister had not find, found time in his schedule to attend. Well, there you go. Mr. Anderson was also asked if the newly appointed building commissioner, David Chandler, had attended any meetings. He had not. Greens MP David Shoebridge accused Mr. Anderson of appointing a jockey without a horse by hiring a building commissioner without an actual building commission to address the problems that have arisen around apartment buildings. You've got a building commissioner without a commission. It's like a jockey without a horse. He needs resources and you haven't given them to him, Mr. Shoebridge said. You've set up Mr. Chandler to fail. Mr. Anderson replied, resources available to Mr. Chandler are vast. You've got a building commissioner without a commission. Oh, I've already read that. Hold it up. He confirmed Mr. Chandler only had four or five admin staff, but said there were other resources he could draw upon. Mr. Anderson said there was still... Ah, um, oh, here we go. There was, Mr. Anderson said there were still cladding concerns over four, 553 buildings across New South Wales, 154 of them high-rise. So that, that is serious. There's 553 buildings 
while the government refuses to identify the buildings affected. Yes, and they're not releasing that information. <laughs> Mr. Anderson said they included government buildings, some of them health sites. He said work was ongoing to assess the buildings, but would not be drawn on the, res on the response in Victoria, where the government had put in place a $600 million war chest to deal with the cladding crisis. How? Here's a question. What about the insurance perspective? If, you know, it's been identified that buildings have got these issues, is the government informing the insurance companies or the owners? Are they informing their insurance companies? Will that potentially invalidate certain clauses in property insurance, building insurance? I'm not sure, so I'm asking. <laughs> Anyone that could let me know, I'm ring up my friend Grant. The insurance broker. So, under questioning from Labour, Mr. Anderson said he would consider making it a requirement that prospective tenants were notified when they were moving into a building which had flammable cladding. Yes, that's fantastic. But, I mean, there's two sides of it. It can be a life safety issue or it cannot. If they made the information publicly aware and the risk assessments, people could then make that an informed decision themselves. If you do, if they're taking away the right from you to re, to decide, no, I'm not going to move into a building with these risks. So, yeah. We're always on the lookout to improve what we do, and that's something I'll take on board, Mr. Anderson said. Well, earlier the committee heard hearing was temporarily shut down after a row between Liberal MP Catherine Kuzak and Labour MP Courtney Houses. As the meeting was called to a temporary halt, and with Mr. Anderson being accused of not knowing his portfolio, Labour MP Peter Primrose accused Mr. Anderson of being a weak minister, saying that his colleague, Ms. Kuzak, was trying to protect him. Oh, okay. I mean, there you go. There you go. They're not releasing the information. And it sounds like a joke. I mean, Minister for Better Regulation. That, that's just... I, I hate that name. <laughs> it just cuts at me. It just cuts at me. So guys, check out uh, Office for Men. You know, his website he's got going there. Um, and, you know, throw him a like for trying to get this information for us. And I, I think he's going to appeal it. We'll see. I think he's in for a penny, he's in for a pound. We'll see how it goes. I mean, this is the thing. This could be a life safety issue. This could be a life safety issue that the government knows about, is not releasing to the public. So are they putting landlords and building owners above the people who occupy them? Let me know what you think, guys. Does that fill you with confidence? Anyway, like, share, and subscribe. And I'll see you next time. Take care.